African Union Commission, the UN Women, and the United Nations Population Fund reports have shown that several types of violence against women and girls continue to intensify. There have been reports such as abuse, like intimate partner violence, sexual harassment, child marriage, and female genital mutilation. It therefore remains a key challenge that needs consistent discussions if we want to address it. On this note, I welcome you to today's Curious Minds podcast. On this episode, we are looking at ending sexual harassment and violence against women. What are the role of men and boys? What can they actually do? Because a lot of them tend to be the perpetrators of violence against women and girls. And I have my guests who are here with me um, to discuss today's topic as we look at ending sexual harassment um, and violence against women once again. Welcome aboard and welcome aboard my guest. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I would want you all to introduce yourself. And I believe that um, with this set, we are going to have a very interesting episode on today's discussions. And um, so from my left side, the female with us. Um, Nanaba Apietoa. Okay. My name is Dr. Michael Babaini. All right. My name is Mr. Prince Gracie Body. Thanks for having all of you. And thanks for joining today's discussion also. And so we'll zoom straight into the discussions. We are talking about ending sexual harassment. We are talking about ending violence against women, the role of men and boys. Even though the role of men and boys would like to take a look at what we stand at or what the situation actually is. When we talk about violence against women and girls, what are the things that are happening that will even um, let us know what men and boys can also do to help Prince? Yeah, so Mavis, before coming into this program, I was reading some article from uh, UN Women UN Women website where uh, they were stating that globally an estimated 736 million women, almost one in three, have been subjected to intimate partner violence or non-partner sexual violence or both at least once in their life. So these are alarming figures and I, I felt ah, so these things are actually going on. We, we lived in compound houses. We saw where uh, some of our friends the parents of some of our friends are fighting. We saw uh, some of the girls being abused at school for not doing probably maybe not accepting a guy's proposal or something like this and people don't really talk about it. Mostly women are the girls are the victims of these things and we don't seem to talk about it. And uh, I find that very disheartening. Okay, but um, Dr. Michael, would you say that um, because like Prince was saying that it's not something we talk about a lot of the time because, um, I don't know, for reasons best known to those who may not want to talk about it, would we say that we have come to accept the situation? That is why we don't talk about it. Oh, I, I don't think so. The only thing I think about or... I, I have a view on this. The view is that uh, when you share more light or you throw more light at something, the more people get to know about it. And then we we tend to have decreased number of cases of this particular thing. I mean, it's so alarming for you to have it. But the fact that it's so alarming does not mean that we can't do anything about it. So far as we are talking about it and we even have this number of cases, that means that if we're not talking about it, we would have had escalated numbers than what we are having. So it's gradual. It's gradual. And then also, uh, when it comes to the, the situation we have here, I mean, it's, it's like that. The female, the female's body, let me give you the, the chronology of, of the female's body. The female's body is in such a way that when you are growing up, they would say that your body belongs to your parents. Now, when you become an adolescent, now you become an adult, you realize that you can give birth. When you marry, 
that particular body now belongs to your husband. Then when you become, uh, what do you call it, um, um, pregnant, okay, when you become pregnant, that body belongs to your child. When the, the child comes out as a result of delivery, I mean, you've been able to deliver a child safely and you have a child now, that body belongs to your child. So you can see that it's, it's something that has been there. We, 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 we tend not to tell the females that your bodies are not, I mean, they are not for your parents. They belong to you first before, before any other person. I think we didn't come back to um, that situation, but I would want to take um, Abbas and um, bite on the fact that the situation we find ourselves in one in three women having been abused in one case or the other. What do you think about that? Um, I think that just as Doc said, for whatever reasons, which I... I Thing that has to do with most of the time ignorance. Okay. So they are ignorant of the fact that they have the right to their body, and then that's um, they can even report an intimate partner when the, the partner abuses them. So I agree with Doc also that it would have to do with the education, making people aware, making people know. Um, what is on the ground and okay. what they themselves can do to prevent themselves from um, getting involved or being violated. Okay, so we are talking about ending sexual harassment and violence, not reducing input. We are talking about ending or, yes. And so we would even ask ourselves that, why are women in the first place vulnerable to um, things like this? Why are they vulnerable to violence? Because we have men who can equally be violated or there are people who are violated, but women seem to be more or be um, seem to be at the suffering side most of the times. So why is it like that, um, Prince? So, yeah, we have this misconception that women are mostly weak. Women are mostly vulnerable. When a guy approaches a woman, like, you must obey. That kind of conception that, oh, this woman there, she must obey what I have to say. She doesn't have a say in anything that I do. The guys are seem to be, like, the tough ones. And you, you find it, like, women... It, it will be weird if you see a woman trying to harass a guy, like try to violate a guy. Like you, you got nerves, <laughs> you got nerves to try something like that. But then the women are seen to be vulnerable. They are seen to be the weaker link. So any bad thing they are, they want but, to approach the women. Yes, I, I get your point. But in this case, the women are like really vulnerable, even mm. though they are seen to be weaker and all of that. But in, in this case, we see them being vulnerable considering the statistics you gave i'm sure yeah. that when we compare it to what the men face it would be lesser no, we won't have um three men and then one out of every three men have one person mm. being abused i don't mm. think the case is like that so why are the women in that position what what puts them in that position i don't know if um, um, Abba, you i think that, that it has to do with the problem of sociological imagination so the society has this um, thing that uh, women are, are not the head, the men are the head. So even before a woman gets into marriage, she has been advised to always obey her husband. Submit. Yes, and always submit, submit to the husband. So it's it's even difficult to get women report their husband to the police because they think that it is even, uh, it's a disgrace to, to be married and then divorced because of violence. So some of them just stay in it because of that sociological ideology that even if, if they a want, woman... Even if they would die. Yes, they would die <laughs> exactly. in a marriage wow. than to 
than to be divorced because of what society thinks of them, which I think is a problem. So it just starts from the society, it starts from the beginning, and then it goes like that. That is why a lot of women face these um, situations of violence. Okay, and Doc? Okay, so it's I also agree with um, Prince and then also about Ready. It's, it's, it has got to do with the social construct of Ghana. Let me use Ghana because, I mean, that's where we are. But it has got to do with the, co- the social construct that women are almost all the time to be blamed for everything. Um, a woman is the, the homekeeper. So if there's something going on in the house, I mean, it's her fault. So they've grown with this particular idea, this particular ideology that, okay, everything is my fault, so I'm going to take it. Mm. So because they, they are in the position of taking the blame, taking the fault, they, 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 are, they, they are pushed in that particular, um, that particular box of vulnerability. Exactly. Okay, it is your fault. The males will not want to take up the, mm, the, 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 40, uh, the, the 40 position or the, the, the blame game. Do you get it? Uh-huh. So it's, it has got to do with the fact that, I mean, we, we, we just want to blame the female for everything, even if it is not her fault. We okay. try as much as possible to link her up and lump her up. Do you get it? So if, even if it's a, it's a guy who blatantly told a lie or did something, we all want to push it on the, the lady as well so that it makes it okay just to massage the ego of a man. But if we look at it on, 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 on the fact that it's not all the time that it's, it's a man, then we know that that vulnerability, that particular ideology is going to be taken out and then the vulnerability is going to go down. Okay, so if you just tuned in, we are still live on Curious Minds podcast and today's episode we are looking at ending sexual harassment and sexual violence against women, the role of men and boys. What can the men do? Because they tend to be the perpetrators of um, these kind of violence that women are facing. And so what can the women themselves also do? What, what are the causes of these things before we even get to the um, stage of getting men to buy into it and to support the women so we don't have anything like men violating women? That is not to say that only men violate the women. There are women who may also violate the women. But what can men do so that collectively we can fight um, this canker? And so still on the vulnerability, would we let's look at girls. When it comes to girls, things like child marriage, things like everything. GM, you would ask yourself that why do girls find themselves in these positions? And would, would we still come back to the fact that it is their own actions or it is their own um, perceptions that are pushing them into it? Or what exactly is putting girls in these um, particular positions that they do not even have an idea of? You are a girl growing up and you are told that this is what you have to go through. Regardless of the pains or the consequences you have to bear, you have to go through it. W- what is it about that um, we have to take note of before we can even look at the solutions to it? Um, Abba, I don't know if you'd want to take this one. Yeah, before Abba comes in quickly, I think the, the the situation girls find themselves in sometimes influence certain things like child marriage, the rape. Assuming a girl practicing, living in a community where there are not uh, enough toilet facilities, where open defecation is the norm, where everybody goes to the beach to go and do it. She exposes herself to uh, predators. She goes there being naked, uh, boy see her thinking, oh, maybe they can 
like it creates advantage. it creates that uh, uh, avenue for them to use that as an excuse to take advantage of the girl so uh, the issue of child marriage when the lady comes from a poem it's not her fault she wants to go to school she wants to become a meaningful person in the society but then the father or the mother has gone to take a loan from this rich guy so you are supposed to go and marry the guy to pay off the loan you see so there are certain situations that make these girls for you know the loan was not even used for used me. for her because if it was used for her she would have been in school she would have be she has got uh, she would have gotten some higher class level that you can't tell her to go and get married to any old man you see okay um, doc. so it's just like the example i was using when when we started that the the way we don't say it but we know that that's that that's the main thing that's the core issue that when you are growing up the your body belongs to your parents okay. so because your body belongs to your parents then we can give you out to marriage because you they, they think you are a property and i mean if you are a property you often if this belongs to me if this particular uh, pen belongs to me i can choose to give it to the person i want in exchange of money or not so it's it's it has got to do with the social constructs of of ghana or africa it has got to do with the mindset of the people why do we think that the female body does not belong to her, but belongs to the family and the society. Because, I mean, they, they would say, oh, for the guy, if you marry, we are not going to take any money from anyone. But for the lady, we will take money from, from, from him or her. If we, even if we have it and we are trying to, I mean, maintain culture, we can always try as much as possible to wait on, I mean, hold on a little, let the girl develop very well. We shouldn't say, okay, because she's our child, then we, we take the decisions for her. We do anything that we want. No, you have to involve her. Do you want to go on this particular tangent? Do you want to go on, I mean, this, do you want to marry this particular person? It's, it must always involve her because the, the, her body belongs to her and first. It, it's it's so even, before Abba, you come here, it's so even surprising to sometimes um, identify that the girls are not even decisive. They don't even know the right choices to make before you even seek their opinion. So we'll get to um, what we even have to do before the girl would be able to make that sound decision to know that this is the right decision I'm taking. Some people even pray on that. They know you're not well informed. And so they'll intentionally come and ask for your opinion because they know you will definitely make the wrong choice. Yeah, Abba. And sometimes before they even get to make the decision or get the chance to decide the harm has already been done. Mm, done. So a parent thinks that having um doing this um um female genital mutilation is rather helping the child and preventing the child from fornicating. It's <laughs> just as Doc said, it has to do with the mindset. And again, ignorance also plays a key role here because they don't even know what they are doing is going to affect the child in the near future. Again, think also, they sometimes also think that giving the child out for early marriage is also giving the child a brighter future, especially when the, the child gets married to a rich man. So yes, it has to do with the mindset. It has to do with the role of even the parents they stay with. How well do they know that they, they are even vow, um, violating the rights of their of child? The Sometimes child. they don't even know that what they are doing is, is a child abuse or it's, it's a violence to the child yeah. itself. Yes, and it's surprising. Sometimes there are certain girls who may have gone through female genital mutilation and maybe aside the pains that they felt or they have gone through it and now are better. They even 
be teasing the other people that they haven't been mutilated yes. and all of that. So they yeah. think it is a good thing being done to them, but they don't know the consequences. If you are not fortunate to go through it safely, then you would end up losing your life. So yes. if you just tune in, it is today's episode on Curious Minds podcast, and we are looking at ending sexual harassment and violence against women and girls. What's the role of men and boys are? You can also join us and on our various social media platforms on Facebook. Facebook, we have Curious Minds in Ghana on Twitter at CM Ghana and on Instagram at CM Ghana. So do join us with your comments and share your experiences with us, and then we'll keep um, the conversation going so that we can all end sexual and gender based violence and harassment against women and girls. And so, moving on, let us look at some of the causes. Sometimes we'd say that women are the causes of these um, problems or women are the causes of these harassment issues meted out against them or violence meted out against them. Would we agree to this fact? What, what do they do to, to deserve this? What do they do to be said that, that it, is their own, it is their own fault or they are the people causing their own problems? And maybe it's, when, okay. when you say what do they do, I think like it's... Uh, um, it's rather should be put out what excuse do people give to abuse women okay. when we talk initial um, mostly they use um, dressing as one of the excuses to abuse women especially sexually so they think that the, the girl has dressed in uh, in a way that should uh, attract, attract men but, yes. then... but every pe- everybody has their rights to the way they want to dress the way I'm, I have dressed should not give you um, yes, it shouldn't give you that right to right. abuse me because it is my own body, it is my own right. Why is it that when you go outside, I think it's even the dressing is a perception. When you go outside Ghana, people wear shorts and then nobody talks about it. They think it's normal. But when you come to Ghana and somebody wears a short skirt, they think that the person is calling men to abuse them, which, <laughs> which is wrong. So that is one of the excuses they give to abuse men or to abuse women rather. And it is not... It's, something that they should do. It's yes. it's really an interesting thing to say that someone is wearing shorts. So I, I ask myself, what about the people who are mentally not stable? They walk on the road. Exactly. Side. Why, why don't wear anything? <laughs> why do they not attract men? <laughs> yes. It's 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 very weird because uh, as I said in my earlier submissions that it's the situation the girls find themselves in that makes them look vulnerable at times. The issue of the dressing, the conception of people, especially men, and even some women, because a, 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 a guy can see a woman walking around, uh, like a girl nicely dressed, and the wife will go, hey, it brings the, it changes the guy's conception. Oh, you let mean me perception? Or... Perception, yes. And it, oh, let me approach her and see. What, what can happen from this stage? You see, so sometimes the situation the girls find themselves in, which happens to be unfortunate, like the issue of where you're living in a community where there are no uh, toilet facility, you have to go out to go and ease yourself and things like that. You are living in a house where your parents say they don't find the value of education. They don't know your strengths and capabilities. They don't know the issues relating to sexual harassment and things. And for all you know, it's not only just physical abuse. There's depression. There's emotional. A, 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 yes, emotional consequence. There's, there's a HIV. You can get the virus. There's even death. There are a lot of things relating to this uh, harassment that people are overlooking. They just think, oh, maybe they've slapped there or something like that. Not just that one. Emotion, uh, mentally, physically, psychologically, like your whole well-being. It, it affects everything about the lady. And exactly. we, we see ladies to be weak. 
things like this. PT, uh, doc, kindly help me out. The thing you have after having PTSD. PTSD. It's it's a major issue that people don't talk about. Girls especially cry in their rooms. And I have friends who go through things like this as a result of harassment or violation against them and things like that. Yeah. Okay. And so talking about these things, it means that um, we shouldn't continue to say girls are the problems or they are the people creating their own problems. But aside that, we know that they may have some parts to play in it, even though some may say that, oh, even in our community, some are saying that it is because this girl is so aggressive or she's too confident. She has to be A, B, C, D because that is what society expects of us. But I mean that um, this is the time we need to change some of these perceptions and begin to appreciate everybody equally because we are all calling for gender equality and so we shouldn't abuse any person's rights. But here comes um, the question. So what can the men do? Because it is clear that a lot of the women who are abused or um, violated against are done by men and boys. So what should the boys do? For instance, in their schools or in the community, what can they do? It's, it's simple, Mavis. We should empower the girls. We should give them the opportunity. We should give them the benefit of the doubt. We should make them feel at home. We should make them know that they have power over... Like, Charlie, girls girls, girls can even <laughs> control uh, men in certain situations. We should let them feel powerful. We should give them the opportunity. When we talk about control, some, some may think we are talking about, like, command. Oh, no, 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 no. Giving them, uh, like, leadership roles and things like that. Let them have say. Let them speak for themselves. Empower them to take actions for uh, their, their development. Okay. Um, uh, also, um, usually, um, girls within the ages of 15 and 25 are mostly uh, in a relationship with um, the other sex. And usually they also like to feel vulnerable to the people that they are in a relationship with. So I think that the men who have the relationship with these women should be the shoulder for them to cry on. They shouldn't take advantage of them when they are feeling emotionally and psychologically down, but they should take that opportunity to use it to make them feel okay, to make them feel wanted, to make them feel loved, and not just take advantage of them because they have emotional issues or they have psychological issues. Okay, so um, I see you are talking about when it comes to the boys or um, even the young people, but what about um, fathers that we have in our various homes? Is there something fathers can also do? Because a lot of the times the girls will resort to their mothers when they face any challenge like that. But what can the fathers do? Okay, so for me, I, I feel that we should, um, we should talk about it. When you talk about it, then it brings a certain kind of light to the situation. A lot of people, I mean, they are from... They are primitive. Let me use the word primitive. <laughs> it's 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 something that they've known since childhood. So they, they don't know that these things are actually wrong. But when the fathers talk to them about it, my son, if you see a girl wearing this kind of um, suggestive dresses, it does not give you the leverage for you to do whatever you are going to do. That body belongs to her. When she says no, it is an it is a definite no. It is a no which is in caps. It is boldened, italized, and underlined. Loud. Loud. No. Staring in your face. It is having a font size 72. <laughs> and Do you get it? And yeah. no is a no. When she says no, I don't want it. It means no. It, it doesn't mean... It, you see, guys, we, we have this particular idea that when you push forward or when you when you force it, it means that you are doing well. 
she would agree to it. But no, when she says no, it's a no. So I think that our fathers should be talking to the sons about it. The boys should be talking about it. Like the way we talk about our sports, we should talk about it when we go to our, our groups. And then I, I think that over time, more and more people will get to know that this is a big issue and then we need to talk this about it. This is a big issue and we need to talk about it. And so even it comes um, to the fact that our socialization, even from childhood till um, we grow up and all of that, it plays a part in even how girls see themselves and then how boys also see the girls. Because just like you all have been sharing that, a lot of the times about the society, we have to please the society, what is expected of us. So how we are socialized, even with the media, how the media is making us be socialized in our own way and then how the orientation that we receive from our parents and all of that. Before we go, I would want you to just share um, your final words in just um, like 10 seconds from each of you, your final words to the boys that you want to help in ending sexual harassment. Exactly. Fathers, involve daughters in conversation relating to these topics. Boys, empower girls when you, feel, when, when you see them feeling down. Simple. Okay, Doc. Boys, call out your fellow boys if they do the wrong thing. Thank you. Boys who have the chance to be on social media should also stop body shaming and objectification of women. Thank you very much for doing the listening. This has been Curious Minds Podcast. And today's episode, we looked at ending sexual harassment and violence against women and girls, the role of men and boys. And we've all learned what we should be doing in our own small ways to contribute to the bigger picture. So we come your way same time again. Our executive producer has been Kingsley Obinchere and with Michael Tetedoku supporting. My name is Mavis Nakole Ayi, your host. And my guests have been Nanaba Apietua, Dr. Michael Baini and... Prince Bonnie, thank you very much for doing the listening. See you. Mm-hmm.